Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Vicky. This is Old Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago <laughs> and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Head! Pants! Now! You know, Scotland has its own martial arts. Yeah, it's called Fuck You! It's mostly just headbutting and then kicking people when they're on the ground. I'm not kidding. That boy's head is like Sputnik, spherical but quite pointy at parts. Now that was offside, wasn't it? He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillar. Kill the theme song. He hunts now. Oh yes, yes. I'm insensitive. I'm a very insensitive man. Stop your job. Look at the insensitive man. That's what they're paying you for. I like the nightlife. I like the boogie evil like it's the fruit of the devil evil heat paper no move that melon of yours and get the paper if you can pulling that gargantuan cranium about i'm not kidding that boy's head's like sputnik spherical but quick pointy in parts well that was offside wasn't it <laughs> he'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow two words Alright. It's Halloween month. Kind of scary movies. We're gonna wrap ourselves into some terrorizing stuff. Um, we're gonna actually do a fine mix of films across this particular month. And the first of which, we decided to go back to 1993 to take it a little bit easy on those who are not as into horrors as other people. And this one, in fact, is more of a dark comedy. Dark comedy. Let's call uh, it a dark, dark comedy. comedy. So dark being the opportune word equals Halloween. Get it? So I married an axe murderer. Um, this flick, uh, obviously, if you have seen it, uh, you'd know that it stars Mike Myers, the man, Nancy Travis as the love interest, Amanda Plummer, Anthony LaPaglia, and some other faces that you will no doubt have seen before, not the least of which, and potentially my favorite across all of these people, is Alan Arkin, who plays the captain. And you'll see a lot of other folks here from SNL Times and other stand-up comedy um, stuff like Phil Hartman uh, is in here. Stephen Wright is in here. Um, Am I missing big people? There's a lot of like, yeah. If you go check out all the stuff, uh, Michael Richards uh, has some stuff and some scene-stealing stuff. Brendan Fricker, Brenda Fricker, who you have seen in like A Time to Kill and some other such similar movies, as they say badly. Um, (laughs) So I Married an Axe Murderer was made for... (laughs) (laughs) a $20 million budget for this movie. Okay, hang on. I just have to sit with that in my brain for a second. It made 11 and a half back at the box office. So floppity flop, flop, flop. Um, But I always remember hearing... Why are we doing it? There you go. Tons tons of fondness. Yeah, actually. (laughs) Anyone want to jump in on why we did this film? Uh, Well, we were looking for something lighter hearted. Right, because yep. the month gets a little dark, and we just finished off with some stuff a little heavy. Colin wanted to go a little easier, and I think yep. this is a movie that, despite its commercial failure, we all kind of remember from when we were younger, and just kind of had a curiosity. 
Mike Myers kind of became such a weird thing that it's it's nice to go back and look at the origin of some of these guys, like Mike Myers and Sandler and guys like this, and see, you know, were they always phoning it in, or was there like a moment where it was like really sincere, or was it you all know, Jack and Jill? Do you know what's a really interesting thing to start with? Because Mike Myers is a phenom. Like he's done some amazingly yeah. huge projects, like Wayne's World, the Shrek series, um, uh, the the Austin Powers. Right. So like those three alone would be like billions and billions of dollars in in earned revenue. So Mike Myers is massive and. By all accounts, he gets his fingers into a lot of pies from what I hear. Um, he gets into some things and tries his hand <laughs> at different stuff, which is, which is, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just like, it's not like he's like sitting in a, in a palace somewhere. His like Hollywood's he's, pies he's super creative he's in his, in his own time. And he, and, and um, he, like, he's still working on tons of stuff. Um, but what's most interesting about Mike Myers and this movie maybe personifies this is that. Mike Myers' best stuff is when he's playing characters. And usually the more outrageous the character, the better he is at doing it. This movie requires him, other than the secondary part where he's doing like the uh, Eddie Murphy thing, dressing up as someone else in the same movie. He's his own father in this. But all the stuff with Mike Myers in this where he's playing the straight guy, I only really started liking what I was seeing from him when he started to be paranoid and like unsure of himself when he's not sure what's going on all his like i'm a normal guy living my life i'm just kind of a a beatnik i don't know he's a poet uh, that's probably seems pretty pretty successful um <clears throat> we wondered a lot about his lifestyle while we watched this movie but um all that stuff with him is just he's not that great he doesn't pull off anything distinctive as a character that gets me behind it's more like i'm just seeing mike myers being a poor version of mike myers until he's asked to do a bit more with with some of the comedic stuff and that falls for like some of the jokes in this too it's like this lady smelled like soup like that just doesn't land anymore there's way funnier things that can be done or more outrageous that could be done that would have served this movie right so some of that stuff ends up being a bit dated too so interesting i find mike myers to be much better character uh, actor than than playing someone more straight edge like this eh i don't know that i like that soup thing seemed to hang with you guys yesterday, but for me it was meant to be like a like a throwaway stupid thing, right? Like like uh she smelled like soup. Like it was he's meant to be a normal schmo, not Mike Myers in the movie and and fumbling to come up with excuses why he was running away from all these girls when the real answer is He's gay. Yeah, no, there's, it's, it's that whole <laughs> intro, and he's right. There's scenes between him and her that are flat. He's flat in all, in scenes where um, he's better when he's playing off of her than he's trying. Um, his reactions are better than, than him doing these scenes in this movie. He This is one of his, if not, it's his first movie. Uh, and you can really just see that because um, when he plays his father, is this the first? Movie? It, it's at least his first movie where he's the star. I would have thought Mike Myers. He had, had or, Wayne's, uh, World Wayne's World by, by this time. Yeah. Yes, this Wayne's wrote World off of Wayne's his, World one. Broken. Okay, so that's a good example. Wayne is a very eccentric character, and he was trying to play this straight guy. 
and he comes off as yeah. flat in almost every scene. The writing is not great in some of those scenes either. But he just doesn't really I, have anything I, to do with it until she starts reacting to her and being suspicious. Then he almost has something to work with and he gets better. But there are some scenes where I found him very boring and vanilla in this. He he starts uh like a like an old jalopy. I always remember this scene. What's that fucking movie with uh with uh Dennis uh what's his name? Newman. Uh uh the guy with the salad dressing. He's like a gangster or something. What is that movie? What? God damn it. God damn it. Who's the guy there with the salad dressing? Paul Newman. <laughs> okay, yeah. Paul Newman okay. was in a movie where he's a gangster, but he was like an old gangster. Yeah. And he was fucking oh, this young chick. And he was, she was like, is everything okay? Because he wasn't getting hard. And he was like, yeah, I'm like an old Ford or something. And he's like, you know, it takes a while to get the engine going, but once it, once it does, you can't stop it or what? something. Yeah. Anyways... Yeah. This has gone off the fucking rail a little bit with me trying to find the origin of that really fucking shitty reference. Uh, there, there you have it. There you have it. I just, yeah, I just that, find this came that out. He, there's Sorry. actors. Okay, so look at all the great actors in this. So Alan Arkin, every moment of his is brilliant. And even Tony Lepagnia, or I cannot pronounce his name, John. Yeah, Lepaglia. so him and whenever him and I, there, the whole movie should have been about him and Alan Arkin. That's how I felt a lot of the time, because those scenes are so much better than some of the other scenes in the movie. And um, Arkin just he does so much with so little, and so does Tony, um, and so does so does um, Mike Myers when he's his father. He. He um he just didn't really find a character for Charlie. So the only time that Charlie seems to come off funny or interesting is when he's reacting to her being a murderer. He's suspicious. He's scared of her. Then all of a sudden he comes to life a bit. But um but I f- earlier I on, find that he did better in the in this role in the parts where he was sincere. But like you said, it was later where that comes on. Yeah, the, it's the early stuff that that's my biggest issue. Like when he's like living his life, when he's hanging out with uh, with his buddy with Tony. Um, like some of that stuff just hits so flat. And like his jazz is kind of funny, but that's a little bit overdone for me. In Tony's this too. so much better than him um, too. So when him and Tony are together, Tony's always upstaging him, especially in the beginning. It's just the it. It's hard to explain, but I mean, if anybody has seen it recently or wants to go back and watch it again, it there, there is something he struck. Mike Myers does struggle a bit. That's why all of I think his I'm characters are so over the top and big. Like, like who who is bigger than Doctor Evil and Austin Powers? I mean, fat bastard. That's was. what. I, but I'm just yeah. saying those characters he's really good at. But but just playing an average normal guy, he did that didn't seem to bring anything to that that Even, character. See, but I don't I don't like yes when we were watching it, I thought originally the same thing. When we started watching it, we were talking about it, how like it really seemed to almost suck the energy out, some of the jokes. 
But I blame that on the on the people making the movie, not on Myers, because Myers was making oh. like these little jokes, and then they would let it hang almost like for an applause oh, hey. break. Yeah, great. And point. I feel like that would just suck the air out of his jokes. And so, like, yeah, I I do agree. He could have had a little bit more personality in the beginning, but he just seems like a very, I mean, ordinary guy aside from the fact that he's this beat poet and. Uh, and that's yeah. harder but to those, play, Those though. moments, I feel like they do a disservice That's harder. Him. You're right. The editing and the directing, in, in some cases, ruins all of those jokes. And I think almost every case. But um, a good example would be The Fighter. So if you look at the movie The Fighter, everybody in that movie is so much bigger than Wahlberg. Every, the mom, his sisters, his brother, Christian Bale's character... They're all so big, and, and Wahlberg has to walk the line of being the straight, normal guy. But Wahlberg does bring something to it, like a little bit of something where you get behind him or you like him. And that is a very, very tough thing to do. Like, Wahlberg does not get enough credit for that movie because everybody else was so crazy and big. But Wahlberg's steady in that and good. And, and Myers, like, you're right, he does get better as the movie goes along. I think he has more to do in those scenes, and the writing gets better, too. Um, That's so what I think, too. it might not be his fault. When he has but, that um, purpose. It's likely that they filmed it linear, linearly. Linearly? Linearly? That's, Fucking yeah. Jesus they, Christ. And probably uh, he understood himself Maybe, that, and that's possible. But it movie. also probably is the writing and the directing as well. The, those scenes that I'm talking sure. about, the writing for his character... There's not a lot for him to do. I'm not a huge fan of the whole beat poet coffee shop thing either. I mean, it at the time when this movie came out, I think if anything doesn't hold up, that doesn't kind of hold up because we've come so far from all of that now that... But I mean, this is a period piece. Well, so now that it that is. That stuff yeah. isn't lost to <laughs> me. Isn't but look it at it. It definitely like seems... It, it seems really niche like the music I'm, yeah the the time period like it is all very identifiably 90s and and it but like we were talking to the music like if you choose the wrong music for the time that will make your movie like feel very dated, dated. Yeah. but the movie in this uh or the music in this despite being you know, older '90s stuff that maybe isn't popular anymore. A lot of one-hit wonder stuff. Um, Musically, still spoke well to the movie and played well as a back soundtrack for it. And so, you know, I think it. I think it was. It's helped a lot. I by think the a lot end, of these things just putting it well as. I would a say the third act of this movie is the best. The best act of the whole movie. I feel like the the first act and the second act suffer so much from the movie not moving along but once he gets married and goes on his honeymoon <laughs> the movie moves so quickly and and it's so funny the stuff with tony going on the airplane to go help him and the stuff with tony interrogating his wife while he's getting while she while he's getting chased by the woman on the roof and she's axing him while he's holding on and you can hear it in the background and she's like, the, yeah. she's like, they, that's her. That's there, them up there. Them. He's, he's like, like yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. That shit is all hilarious. This movie, the pacing yeah. of the sound is done really well there with the chunk. Once ah, in a while. Yeah. yeah. And chunk. It was, 
Then they're just ah. casually chatting. That's great comedy right there. That's one of the definitely funny. The, the writing scenes. and the filmmaking <laughs> just seemed to get get better as the movie went along. And so there was a real almost lag. Like the the, the montages in this are bad. Like all the with oh, yeah. with him in the shop doing the things with the meat and there's other montages where they're dating and like going doing things together. Those montages and the music are all kind of bad. They're badly edited. They're super super cheesy. I guess they they were going for that, but there's something off about it all. But once the movie kind of hits a certain pace, it just flies and like it starts getting really funny. Yeah, like it's the final act. It's the, just and the maybe final that act. Saves I mean, what was crazy because because you can save a movie in the end of the movie. It can start off shitty and you can you can pull it together and save it. And uh, it's never I mean, shitty, really. But it's um, like the stuff with him and his father and his mom are, is good. Um, where his mom reads the paper and uh, tells him all about the killer. Which he, I like that he puts all that together. And then the clues with her ex-husbands and... The places she used to live and the only you. I love when she sings only you uh, to him in multiple languages. <laughs> the look on his face is like so he's dreading <laughs> being alone with this woman. And then the whole thing where they... And his face is being sandwiched next to hers forcefully. Yeah, yeah. and then that stuff's <laughs> all good. And he's great in those scenes. Like even without dialogue, he is good in those scenes. His acting is good. Um, and then when Tony mm. calls him and tells him she's the murderer on the phone at the restaurant <laughs> and then the phone goes dead, that's all hilarious. And then they like rush him and her on a chair, some kind of a wedding chair to the bridal suite, the whole restaurant, yeah. like, like basically <laughs> he forces them to go to bed together and have sex. That was all really funny too. It, yeah. The third act really helped did this movie, uh. A favor, I think. What what I found really, really interesting about this movie is that it's about Charlie, who is a beat poet living in San Fran, and he has some bad luck with the ladies, and his cop buddy, Tony, gives him all kinds of sympathy around that uh, and tries to help him um, not be so picky with women, I suppose. Yeah, he's picky. Uh, so, he doesn't have bad luck. He is... <laughs> He has commitment. Yeah, he's, he's a picky guy. He's like Seinfeld yeah, on steroids. Yeah, he's a commitment phobe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's And a, uh, he he always sense. gets scared off when the, he gets too close to a woman, which is it's a good it's a good setup. Um well, actually it could have been set up better. You could have had him go on a date and like and then and then not call a woman again for a stupid reason or or whatever. That would have been a little bit more interesting than him explaining logging it to Tony. They yeah, that's probably shown true. it. That would have been Show nice to see, tell, right? <clears throat> oh no! Whenever, yeah, whenever you can. But we do get to meet his parents, and when he goes out to buy dinner for his parents, he meets a butcher, and he likes the butcher. And I thought he knew the butcher for quite some time, but that was apparently the first time he saw her. And so that made this movie slightly she weirder that he to would San like, go no, after she her so moved hard. Around a lot because all of her dead husbands. Yeah, I know. Sorry, missing. So husbands. he <laughs> missing husbands. So he tries to uh, go back and connect with her and ends up developing a relationship. But then we learn about the lady who keeps offing her husbands on wedding night. 
And uh, after reading that in a tabloid and putting some clues together, Charlie becomes suspicious that this very nice lady, Harriet, might be the killer. And then there's Harriet's awesome, total not a murderer sister who uh, hangs around in the background and is kind of creepy and going along. And so uh, will they get married? Will there be a honeymoon? And will that honeymoon involve axe swipes? They do a bad job with the sister. She should be less crazy in the beginning when we meet her than she is she should seem much more normal because she has so many red flags that it kind of gives away the ending of the movie now i don't remember the first time i saw this if i figured it out but i am pretty sure i would have what having watched it the other night um it seemed pretty too obvious that her sister or her, her friend it isn't even her sister is it yeah it's her sister Oh yeah. my God, her sister but, is a. But I find that it's. I don't think it would be really obvious if you don't recall the movie because they don't show her a lot. She's like weird in the beginning, but then she's not there. No, that's true. Right? But she's in the background at the wedding, and, and she's looking in the all background. Creepy. I just feel like yeah, but those little things are things that you got to put in there because you want to you want to suggest right. You want to put you little morsels it increases to. watchability but it also makes it way funner when you can look back and be like oh, i would have had amanda but the movie does not cr- i would just have amanda Plummer play it a little bit more straight early on and and then get can she do that well <laughs> you could have tried to get it I, I think amanda Plummer could do anything actually after fisher king no i agree she's great oh i'm pulp fiction the um the whole um like I, the the main thread of this movie that is very interesting, even if parts of this movie aren't great, is that it's not Harriet; it's her sister, uh, and the way that they take it, but the way that they spin it so that Harriet is unaware, and she's defensive, and it starts to explain her actions in a way. Um, I was trying to think back if you were to rewatch this movie again, right, really quickly, knowing exactly what was going on, or if you've like seen it before is Harriet a different character in the same way that I don't want to compare this movie to fight club in any other way, except to say that watching fight club the second time is a much different experience for Helena Bonham Carter's character. Cause you totally see her in a victim instead of being this awful woman, which is such a fantastic trick of fight club. So that, that's the only way I would compare these two. But um, I, I, I had forgotten this movie and though I figured it out just because movies are, somewhat obvious if you think about them uh, at times. Um, of, and it's Amanda Plummer. Come on, what else is she going to be doing there? She ain't just the sister in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, boys, did you have any memory of this movie from a, a semi-recent viewing that made um, you more sympathetic for Harriet along the way? Because I don't detect, in, if I'm thinking back, there's really nothing I don't think they gave us until until she starts to watch him so closely. But I guess she was always... I think the first time they would have given a clue to this was when he breaks up with her and she's like, at least you're doing it now. That's the first maybe spoken clue that that shows that Those she's not it. Those all work. I think we all agreed on that too. The scene where he breaks up with her and then tries to get back together with her and she says like, no, you, I can't do it. You blew it. You, you fucked up and we can't, we're not going to get back together. Those scenes were actually landed very well. I felt very... It, sad um for him and her um and they were emotional though though it was strange but those scenes were for our comedy landed quite quite well but that's the thing is that when they as as the movie grows 
they become more, I guess, capable of providing those scenes, right? There's like more belief or more gravity behind it. So we kind of buy it more because in the beginning, like that right away meeting Mike Myers, I mean, it's so dry. That's what it needed. You're right. It needed to have some of, we needed to have scenes where that were, where we liked him or got to behind him earlier on than when he wakes up with her. I think Brent even said, like, I'm not sympathetic to this guy fucking at all. Don't, don't give a fuck. And then he, you him. were when yeah. he, like, when they broke up. And then all of a sudden you get on board with him. But it's, like, halfway through the movie. That's, like, yes. almost a midway but point. I, f- I mean, they definitely do um, slow the development of that stuff. But, I mean, it. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a comedy. I, I, I find that this stuff all plays really well as far as structure. Like one thing the, leads the to pieces. the next. It's all no, the, very, very well yeah, put together. Yeah, if you look assembled. at a super bad or something though, um, where once again, it's a romantic comedy, it's an R-rated romantic comedy still, but you get to know Seth Rogen through his friends and stuff and like him before he meets her and you like her, you meet her and like her. So then when they come together, um, you kind of know who they are and like them already when they meet. And that was what was missing with this. Because even when they meet and the montages and stuff are, are not great. And um, it's just this movie, the first act of this movie is just bad, I think. The writing is bad. The directing is bad. Um, other than his father and his mother, that's my favorite scene of the first act when we meet his dad and... And he's talking about uh, William. I think his his the is it William uh, nephew or cousin head, who he calls head. I got the impression he's like his younger. He's brother. so much younger though. I kind of he, he he's about fourteen or fifteen, and Mars is thirty. So they they had a kid. Those kids too, that far apart would be weird. And his father had gray oh, hair. My, Hillary Hillary's dad is was a much further I guess. apart than. But that. anyway. Plus, the mom sleeps around. She could have been banging that's someone. That's true, yeah. Or, Tony, oh, maybe yeah. that's Tony's she kid. It looks kind of like Tony. Oh, yeah. Oh, it could <laughs> um, be, yeah. But, so that was the first time I started to enjoy the movie is when his father is singing Saturday night and dancing around. Because he, he's yeah. singing. Yeah. So his, like dad, at the wedding. his dad's a lovable character, actually. Yeah, he is. He's he's definitely funny. Like I, I So I'm agreeing with all of this, like th- this movie as a love story, which there are some parts of this movie dedicated towards it, that it really is like a cutesy love story through and through. There's no suspense or anything introduced, and it takes quite some time until that angle starts playing. So if you didn't know the title of this movie, I think you'd be super confused for a long period of time. Um, but since the back half does kind of pick it up and like I, I was if I didn't say it before I was trying to say I love the angle that she doesn't know like exactly what's happening either but something obviously crazy is happening to her um, and the way that it all plays out at the end of being the sister like that's a really interesting premise so would this movie have been better off as a straight thriller through and through like always something weird happening but they meet they fall in love something weird you don't quite know what and then the marriage happens way earlier and then the back half is more of the a little bit more of the thriller comedy thing like do you think this movie does better that way or I, like because it's the split right when there's nothing thrillery there's nothing interesting happening in this movie it's just building us up to get to that point and once we get there then it's like oh 
she doesn't know okay that was actually a decent twist and and but you did give me some some pieces of uh, uh, some clues so you almost I, yeah some more intrigue at the beginning yeah, i think there um, you, know, you know you i think that's a good you point oh, maybe even right around like the the break into the second act you put like something right there that's that's like a nice little intrigue moment something that really baits you right Maybe yeah. feel like that would maybe it was the fir- her, the maybe it was her character and and her first husband um and then going missing or but you ha- you want the audience to think she's the killer but you could have maybe set that up in the beginning of the movie um to to, to spark that intrigue because she has three or four husbands she loses and she she keeps moving every time that happens. It's it's not hard to do, right? You have a scene where they're spending the night together and then like she slips away in the middle of the night quick as lightning and he's like, what the fuck? And then she comes back, sneaks back in bed and pr- ignores it, right? And all she was doing was her usual, I'm insane in the head because my three husbands have just disappeared out of nowhere. So now I have a habit of getting up and checking all the doors and windows and shit. Easily explainable, uh, but could really have set some of the tension up with Myers to give a bit more in setting up that is she the murderer? Like... Because all it is is yelling Ralph in her sleep and then the Kung Fu thing like that all comes around. These things are all pretty nailed because the mom does the National Enquirer thing. So that's the roadmap for all the You know what we needed? We needed, we we already said this when we were watching the movie. We needed him to have an occupation that gave him some kind of character. Because he does poet poems, but he's not making money off that. And if he is, it's like five well, bucks. We don't know it's like that. Five bucks, maybe. He seems to be. I don't think he. Yeah, because his parents don't look like they're doing well, but his place is good. That's what PSA I'm saying. No, like poetry seems like a hobby. It it sounds like anybody who wants to go to the coffee oh, shop. You're such a philistine. It, you go to San, San Francisco, Fran. where poetry is the is the main language. And if you yeah, don't I think beat, there definitely then could you be don't. Some I'm just saying that he yeah. should have had a job as like <laughs> he could have written for a newspaper, or he could have been a a novelist, or he could have been he could have been lots of different things. And yeah. then you could have had his work friends to establish. Like that's the thing I like about Trainwreck with um uh what's her name the comedian uh Jennifer. She's a blonde comedian. She's uh, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. The stuff with Amy Schumer at her work and her lifestyle, where she sleeps with men, and then does the walk of shame in the mornings and stuff, like develops. Hey, spoiler alert! I've never seen it there. Come okay, on, well, man. you should see it because I'm just kidding. It's so old. You can't it really develops. Right it really <laughs> develops her character early on because um, that is her lifestyle: is walking wa- the walk of shame in the mornings, and then she goes to work. She has to go home and change her clothes. And then her work characters are so funny and interesting. And what she does for a living is kind of interesting and revealing about her character. But Mike Myers, I don't know anything about what he does in his daytime other than I think Brent said he hangs out at that butcher shop with her. So, like, that's all he does all day. Like, I don't know him. I don't know what he's... Even at the end of the movie, I kind of don't know him. No, he needs something because you don't understand. He just is like yeah, like he could say, have inherited this, this money from someone or something. Like space. he needed something. 
This feels yeah, like his parents this, aren't rich enough for all. No, this feels like the song and the jazz bit was like something that someone insisted be in this movie. And so, what's his character going to be for that? Uh, beat poet, San Fran, great. And then that's what we'll. And then everything was written around it. It seems too bitty, because like that's that woman song is like fine, and the show that he puts on is like to the music, and he's going with the beat. It's obviously well rehearsed, but I only needed to see that once. I didn't need to see that three or four times. Yeah, because he does it to get her back too. I know, but it's... He does it to get her back. I get it. It just doesn't work for me. I get it's his thing, and he does it it well for different crowds spread apart over like weeks and weeks, but for me, I had to watch that in 90 minutes. I had to hear that thing fucking to extent a couple of times. I also (laughs) thought that his, his poem for her was lame and like wouldn't get her back what it, I, I i don't i he he says right at the end this poem sucks yeah but they yeah. all suck he knows he that it that sucks the them. point da, is da. but the point is is that he was coming to her the I point guess. isn't that the poem was good and he points out that it's not good it That's does the suck joke, for right? sure I love that well, poem. yeah i that think that's great and at the end when he says that it's a great punch yeah. Um, okay, so something else I wanted to chat about in this one um, was the directing, like the 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 way they chose to do this. And Brent alluded to this, and Colin agreed a little bit earlier that some of the editing choices in this um, made some of the jokes land worse than maybe they would even with the time difference from then to now. So I know Thomas Schlamm um, was the director here, and he ended up working with Aaron Sorkin on The West Wing. Uh, and Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and on Sports Night. So, But this was like early in his career. It's like the second major feature, that, well, somewhat feature that he directed. And I, I don't know, like, for me, this felt like a, a TV mixed with a play. Yes. Neither of which work well in a feature that film. Nails it. And just some of the... Some of the transitions uh, and like people coming in and out of the shot seem so like stage left, ready, go. Stage right, go. And go. And spin in and it's like, what the fuck? And the the other thing was that the lighting uh, in certain scenes is like so, so fake. Uh, like it's like even TV lighting that they use. And But it's everywhere and it makes all the locations look awful. And to, to boot on top of that, some of the audio mix in this is so dreadfully bad. I can't, um, thanks for, they thank obviously you for bringing had to, that up. Yeah, they had to redub a ton of it. You can tell, but like it's it's really egregious in that opening scene where he's talking to Tony in that place, and the track of the crowd in the background is so constant, and it's turned up really loud. You can barely hear the main guys, um, and then they get to talking, and it's so low, and it doesn't quite match the lips perfectly. And we were Colin was like, "This looks like shot on a sound stage. How did they fuck this up?" Um, But it's all like it must have somehow become all unusable and just awful. And so that with the directing really pulled me out of this for a lot of the first. Yeah, it's all the first half again. John, you're totally right. The cinematography in this is sitcom. The directing is play and the sound is awful. But yet when they're outside, the sound doesn't seem to have to get what we recorded in 80 yard. So like. Whoever did the sound for this movie should have never done sound again. Whoever recorded the dialogue, who did the dialogue recording, he should have been fired. Because like I was saying that night, I shot like a little (laughs) tiny short film and paid a guy 750 bucks and didn't have to record anything. But this is a $20 million movie and they had to record like half the sound. We record it 
and dub over top of them. Oh, I, 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 there's nothing worse than that. It takes you right out of the movie when, when you hear that voice yeah. change and you can tell something is off <laughs> and it's odd. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get it happens. I get it. It's just, I, this is how I'm get. This is what they brought to me. This is what I'm watching. It was pretty bad, and then the overall mix we found like the music was way too heavy, and the background noises and we were able just, to fix awful, it a little so. bit by changing the sound bar like settings, but it was still yeah, a little bit it of was it was still, our it was still sound, like that. It was, that was still a problem. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's it's really um, it's really a shame that, that that this movie splits itself in half so distinctively. It's almost like the second half was done, and then they went back and they were like some for some reason had to redo the start or I don't know it it, it kind of doesn't play well it is it's so flat and off-putting I don't think when people are mixing genres it's usually not first half is the one genre second half is the second genre it's usually like a blended mix throughout that relies on raising tension and then alleviating it with some humor and then some hysterical shit followed by shocking terrible shit there's your horror comedy uh, Freaky is a recent example that did a really good job of that. Freaky with um, Vince Vaughn just great. has tons of heart. It was such an enjoyable movie. Even if you're not a horror fan, it is not gory. Um, I mean, there's some, but it's pretty low key. It is like it, it's just a wonderfully uh, cool movie. You would this kind of missed the mark on that. Some like the humor wasn't hard enough. They didn't go at it enough. It was too straight edge, and, and it should have been more on the thriller side and more on the humor side. I would have, I would have think that might have worked a bit better, but it would have had to been blended throughout. Like we said, you got to raise some stakes at the start. Get me to like these characters and show me that there's something to feel tension about, rather than just slow trickling it until it's you know 45 minutes to go, and I'm like, oh, something's happening now. You almost want to t- would have to remove too to make this movie a little better. You'd have to remove the scenes between. Which are my favorite scenes, which is the problem. The scenes between Tony and Arkin. Because those oh. scenes are so much better than the movie that 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 then when you go back to like his story, you're like, Oh, you're disappointed. Like I, I wanted to it, see more of Alan Arkin all of the time in this movie. Arkin Arkin is pretty good. I love it's it's if insane the audience how hasn't it seen it yet. That all of those scenes revolve around how Tony, this cop, thinks that being a cop is shitty and sucks because he wants to be yeah because he watched movies yeah. growing up and thought he was going to get to chase guys down the street and get in car chases and hang on to the bottom of a helicopter, and he thinks being a cop sucks. And his boss, Alan Arkin, who's the captain. He is so nice to him and like never gets mad at him or screams at him and there's no tension between them and he complains about this. So then later in the movie, Arkin comes in and screams at him and stuff and roughs him up even a little bit. And then they like, yeah, and then yeah. he comes back in after he leaves and then they do notes about it. He's like, ah, the beginning felt really good, but uh, I don't know. I kind of went that? too was big that in good? the end. He's like, I'll know. work on it. I'll work on it. <clears throat> but all that stuff yeah. is like so funny that you could have made a whole movie about that and how to be about this cop. I don't know about a whole movie. You could have made it a but be. I, I would definitely love that, to see it. Just because Tony was such a better actor than Mike Myers too. If it was a movie about a a cop who was disillusioned with his job and then he gets to do all of those things throughout the movie 
you have to make it like a 90 or an 80 minute movie but you could totally make and then with with arkin and him oh it would have been so good it was almost like a missed opportunity you know what actually if he is the main and you get to spend some time with him in his boring cases and then all of a sudden he lands this 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 big opportunity and you would have Mike Myers as his friend who is a secondary character who when you first meet him is just like oh I didn't date this woman because of soup and then we'd be like what the fuck and then all of a sudden that same friend would be running to him saying my my I'm leaving this girl she's an axe murderer and the audience would be like the hell is with this guy and then all of a sudden he'd be like it's happening and I get to be Serpico and off I go "Ah, maybe that would work better 80 minutes I know I am I am a hundred percent on board with your thing John that is exactly the way to do it. You do this movie, but you do it from the perspective of that the cop. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to yeah, include all the Alan Arkin shit, even more or a slow trickle. Cause the first time Arkin bursts and in, he solves it, right? He does. He, he does, does solve it. I, so <laughs> that, all of the scenes with him are the best scenes too. The, in the plane with um, that other comedian, uh, but you know, his name, he's very famous. Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Him yeah. and um, Charles Grodin great scene he gets yeah. to be in all the scenes with the best actors he gets to be with arkin groden right like his those scenes all shine uh, i would have yeah. loved to have seen a movie about that and it could have been called my friend mary's an axe murder or something like that then i would i would also it could I don't still know if be I'd called have... so i married an axe murderer and be so about, my friend like, mary's an axe murderer <laughs> whatever you want to call it my friend's oh, axe murderer maybe something maybe. like that i don't know like the the title ends up being a problem for this movie as well yeah, it's because true. there's none of this really in the first half like j- except for exposing through a tabloid and planting some seeds but and never uh, an axe like you only uh, find out obvious. about the axe at the end when she has an axe which is like the last 10 minutes of the movie um i don't know that that matters. Axe murderer doesn't mean literal. No, I know, I know, but I'm just it? saying. Uh, it would be like, like Fight you could Club be an axe murderer at the end of Fight Club. Kill people with an. It'd be like at the end of Fight Club, he joins a Fight Club at the like the last ten minutes of the movie. It's got to be in there somewhere, <laughs> right? Like you should have had. It's but it's the thing is the whole thing is that so I married an axe murderer. And the whole movie, we're being led to believe that she is an axe murderer, and but she he, is no. But even right? if the so mom, it doesn't matter that the other woman is or isn't an axe murderer. It matters that he thinks he well, did. Even if it's said in the paper that the husbands were chopped up with an axe, but it doesn't say that. There's no mention of any of axe murderer, just missing men. And then all of a sudden she comes at him with an axe in like the last scene of the movie. So that that seemed yeah. kind of weird. The title is bad. I agree with that. You 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 set up expectations and you also the audience you're not going to have it be her because then like you've given away the ending with the title so it's so obvious that it's never going to be her. Unless you're like a really bad, like, yeah, that whole thing doesn't, they should have thought about that more. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know that it, um, I don't know that it doesn't work because 
of that. If you're going to call it So I Married an Axe Murder and give away the ending, you know it's never going to be her. So, like, it also gives away Amanda Plummer's... Well, I don't think, I don't think you do. The movie could be about Just change the title. I mean, how hard is that to change this. the title? It's the like easiest... Shit. I just don't know that it's terrible. I'm just saying, I don't know that you're it, right. It's a fun it. title. Like, the title is enticing. It's just... It, 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 it doesn't quite work for this movie It would be like if Fight Club's called day. So I Got Multiple Personalities and I'm Tyler Durden. Like, you don't call a movie <laughs> that. It doesn't make any sense. Why are you like giving that information away? That, that's that's accurate, and his one isn't. <laughs> well, yeah. So he didn't <laughs> no. marry an axe murderer. So also, the title is an incredible lie. It's lying to the audience. <laughs> it's about he thinks he did. I think you're too literal here. No, it doesn't. Uh, say I, I mean, it's going. It could have been any kind. I could, like a, I, so, so I married I a ripper, I or I married thing. a. Murderer. Also, I have a. I have a look. The more important question here is: Does it hold? What up? is an axe murderer? <laughs> because there are no like you don't call someone that murders with a knife a, a knife, knife murderer, murderer. Hmm. and you don't call people a poison murderer or a stick or club murderer or a shoot murderer gun murderer. So is an axe murderer? I thought you just a murderer, like maybe with melee weapons. It's also not think. It's so I married an axe murderer. It's not think. There's no think in the title. So it's a giant lie. Well, good saves time. It's <laughs> uh, a long word. Yeah, no, you raise a good point. I thought for a second you said shoot and kill murderer, but I thought you said shoe murderer, and I was like, who throws a shoe? Who throws a oh, shoe? The guy that threw a shoe at George uh, Bush. <laughs> I just wouldn't. I just think the title is a little bit silly, um, and you don't need it to be that title. Oh, that's fine. I mean, it, it's a it's a ridiculous. At the thing same to, time, to it's catchy time because it's ridiculous. Like this, this is something people remember, right? So I just, yeah. I wish, I don't know. I wish something different but for the movie. Never married again, Amanda like Plummer so, so much. Once again, it's a lie. Because <laughs> Amanda Plummer is the he thought he did. But it doesn't say I thought I married an axe murderer. I think I married an axe murderer. It said so I it's married an axe murderer. It's not unfairly misleading. Yeah, because no, he does I marry think... her, and he does for some time think she is an axe murderer. And he, at that time, he'd be like, "So I married an axe murderer." But then he's like, "No, I didn't." But this yeah. picture is when he just thinks he did. <laughs> dun, dun, Once dun, again, dun, dun. I've solved all the problems. Unnecessary title, but <laughs> yeah. Um, Honestly, the if you go onto YouTube and search for just the Alan Arkin scenes, I'm just going to bring it back to that for a second. With yeah, please do that. Paglia, it's they're awesome. They're so fun. Alan Arkin is just. I'm perfect. just going to watch an- What is what what uh, slang does he mispronounce when he comes in? Is it paisan? Paisani he or paisano? Or and he's like paisan. Yeah. And then he, the, uh, he gives him shit later. He's like, plus, you can't say it like that. It makes you seem ineffective. He's like, okay, Paisan. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch an Alan Arkin movie tonight now. Um, Alan Arkin did pass away recently. So very sad yeah. loss. Every uh, every yeah, movie I loss. think about with him in it, he is like one of the, the things that sticks in your mind about that movie. He has yeah. such a presence and like just can do any he can do so much with so little. Like if you in give him something he does, he's memorable in Glen Gary, he's memorable in this, even with his little he role, just, right? He oh, just yeah. takes everything you give him and turn it into something magical. That's what a great yeah, actor like does. Good actors yeah. though, yeah. Yeah. 
Like like Brian Cranston. I know you guys haven't seen it, but he is in a new episode of It's Always Sunny. Nice. And I mean he him and Jesse it. Pinkman are fucking hilarious. Jesse's in it? In it. He... They're both in it. They're oh both in gosh. it as themselves selling tequila. It makes fun of them selling their booze. Okay, well, uh, first of all, I'm going to watch that. Um, and secondly, uh, he, Cranston's always been that way. Even if you look at Cranston back in the, the Seinfeld days when he plays the dentist, he's like totally oh, yeah. amazing in that. Like, I can't remember. Do you ever hear his story about that? <laughs> about, so in there when he... Uh, when he's in that scene, he takes a little huff of the gas himself. Yeah. Right. And uh, so he that wasn't his idea. He said he was in the um, in the in the studio space or whatever, rehearsing like to himself, you know, what he's going to yeah. do. And there was a guy like fixing a light just above him. And the guy said, you know, it'd be funny. And he was like, what? No, what would be funny. And the guy says, you know. If you took a hit of the, of the gas before you put it on him. And so he did it. And I guess it fucking killed Jerry. And so they wanted there's it. A really, there's That's a really so funny good. episode where Jerry's ant, um, against dentists and he's called an anti-dentite. And uh, that, does, that denti- <laughs> does that dentist at the funeral? He's like, shut your mouth. There, there's you that other dentist. Dentite or whatever. <laughs> there's that other dentist that only becomes Jewish for the Jews. Yes, that's oh why he's God, mad at him right. because he, he changes his religion. <laughs> yeah. And for the joke so he can tell Jewish jokes Love all it. the time. Uh, really funny stuff. <laughs> all right, yeah, all right, all right. All right, so does Let's, it hold uh, up? Let's bring it back. Um, We're going to... I'm um, going last. I want to go last. I want to go last. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go first if you guys I want. Think Brent's, I go. think Brent's a hold up guy here. I am. I'm gonna say it holds up. It, it's it's not a really thick hold up. It's not like a very obvious hold up, but it is. I mean, I'd say it's like a 65 percent out of a hundred, which to me holds up. Right? It's a majority. I uh, I like the humor in this, and I thought we all laughed. Like sincerely laughed at a number of parts. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it worked. The story is all there. I like the music, but that's you know reminiscent of the '90s, and it's it was nice to watch and hear. And so, if it was if it like was a pass, consider pass. or recommend, you give it a consider, not a recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, John. Um. Pass. I don't think this movie holds up for me. Um, and I'll tell you why. It just it it the stuff it gets wrong with the directing, with the sound, and the whole first half going wrong. I I agree with Colin. Movies can be saved. Everyone can be turned around. Let's give everyone a second shot. And this movie does a bunch of stuff that's um not bad. And I did laugh at a bunch of parts, but it's so skitty in places. Um that it kind of pulls me out a bunch. And so I end up at the end of this just kind of more disappointed. I wish some of the humor hit harder or stayed a bit more relevant. It was just a bit funnier uh, or that they they tightened the screws on other technical parts to make 
what they put in here land a little harder. But there's a really good idea in here. Um, I just think it's with the cop and Alan Arkin, which uh, unfortunately is never going to happen. So uh, I'll give this one a pass, uh, not hold up for me today, and um, pass it along to my buddy so Colin. So I'm just looking at how long this movie was. So it was an hour and 33 minutes. So I would, I would say that only about 33 minutes of this is good. And it takes too long to get to the good. So if I was watching this not for the show, I might have turned it off. And not, and I would have missed all of the great stuff at the end, which would have been a tragedy. But uh, sometimes an ending... But there was t- funny stuff throughout that so, kept you going. Just the I father, like. only in the beginning, and Alan Arkin and Tony. And once again... And the mom being so fucking horny for Tony. So all of the stuff that. with his parents. <laughs> elderly is good. women attack young mom. Men. All of the did. stuff with his parents. Is yeah. All of those scenes, but there's too much. And the filmmaking aspects of it, like the directing, the cinematography, the terrible sound, and then the 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 first two acts only having a couple of good scenes in them. I just couldn't give it a hold up. I don't think. I think I, I think I'd land this on a pass too. Yeah, sadly, it, uh, it doesn't hold up. It's okay. There's not. It's not like I'm like I I I'm saying. I couldn't say watch this, you know. But if you if you saw it and you saw some funny scenes and you had a chuckle, that that's what it's kind of good for. And if you caught the back end, yeah, you could certainly watch that. But uh, I don't know. I kind of just there's better comedies to spend my time with is what I'd come down to ultimately with this one. This isn't a shining piece of Mike Myers before he got huge. Or anything like that, you know. Um, some of the funniest stuff is not to do with what they principally intended. I mean, Austin uh, Powers. Just, that, I don't know if we did Austin Powers with you, Brent, but I remember none of us thought Austin Powers held up. No, nope. there's just something about his movies. I do think it was yeah. that are too, like John said, skitty. I think after he started out with Saturday Night Live and became huge there, I think. Whenever he contributes, well, we we should do Fifty Four then. Well, I'd love to do that. I haven't seen that in forever. Because that's a serious role for yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, and I wonder if that's... Because a lot of these great comic actors, you know, have, have a really, really good, uh, serious actor side in them, right? Like... Oh, yeah. Jim Carrey's sh- got it and fucking Robin Williams and, you know... Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I totally agree. And, and, like, this is so early in Mike Myers' career. This is, like, his first feature to be asked to play a straight guy for, for more than, a little more than half the movie. So, have we done you know, Wayne's and, World? like, it didn't look like he had the best team around him given great advice to say, get this done. This is what I need out of you, Mike. So, who knows how it went. Uh, it, but yeah. technically did not, did not look like it was a, a super amazing thing to do. I bet, I wonder if the, of the 20 million, how much went to Mike Myers for that? Cause I can't, that's why I laughed at the start. I can't figure why this movie cost $20 million. Back yeah. In that is kind of shocking. It's got a ton of cameos. I guess that's where it must've went, but like some of this is done so low key until you get to like some of the outside stuff, which looks like it took a lot more effort to get, to get done. But, and that, you know, some of the stuff around the, the, the mansion or the hotel, whatever that, that all looks okay. But, uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, probably give it a pass two to one, but we can watch it with Brent. He'd be happy to sit down and get through this with you. Well, um, um, things are going to get a little bit scarier next week um, because as they say in the industry, as above, so below. So uh, they say that all the time, I swear. And we'll be saying it next week a whole bunch. 
uh, because we're going to watch the heck out of that film and uh, might poop our pants a little bit. So that'll be lots of fun, won't it? Brent, um, you anticipating a hold up on this particular film? I have not seen. This one is, sorry, I got caught up in a sneeze there. What was it? As Above, So Below. I think this movie holds up. I've never seen it. Okay. Um, Scary. No, this is a lesser known one. Yeah. Um, Smaller budget, but I mean, this movie has real good fear. Real good fear. Nice. Yeah. And, And I'm excited because Hillary will be here. Oh, and nice. She will be forced. She's to never watch seen it. Uh oh. Oh, that's cool. We no, could, we should... She doesn't. She's just opening up to horror movies. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I've been. I, I showed her It Follows, uh, which is something that I really wanted to do for the show because I find It Follows to be a great horror movie and it's not a gory horror movie at all. All right. It's, uh, it just has a lot of tension throughout, but it's not old enough yet. So. Okay, well, we'll 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 next pound year. we'll pound that one next year. Uh, after as above, so below, we'll follow up with uh, J uh, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez in the Cell, uh, Zodiac, which I'm actually really looking forward to watching again. It's been a while, and I'm watching another murder show on Netflix that has the New York Zodiac in an episode, so that's interesting. And then we'll finish up the month with the Evil Dead remake. Get as Halloweeny as we possibly can. So, folks, uh, you want more screams, terror, and a bunch of laughs? Get back in our next episode with As Above, So Below in your eye holes, and we will talk about it for an hour. How would that be? Sound good? Let's get that done. All right, folks, it's been a blast spending this time with you. We will see you next week. And until then, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM. 